0: click on the big red button and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I am so excited to bring you today's featured guest, Troy Spry. Troy, welcome to the show.
1: Oh, thanks for having me,
0: Ken. I'm so glad to be on the show. I appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm excited to have you here. And and I want to make sure everybody knows who you are and why I'm so excited. So uh, so for those of you who don't know Troy's work, Troy is a speaker, he's an author, he's a certified life and relationship coach, and a reality expert. Now Troy's blogging actually has taken him to new levels because he's actually released two books. One is called Teach Me How to Love, Why What You Don't Know Will Hurt You, and his first ebook is entitled Teach Me How to Love, A Man's Journey Toward and Through Marriage. Now, Troy's mission is simple, to inspire individuals to first become better people so they can become better mates, create better relationships, and ultimately help to build better communities. He is a firm believer in the fact that you must live life intentionally and on purpose. Troy, do me a favor. If we missed anything in there, please let us know what that is and fill in those blanks, but then would you give us a kind of a a window into how you got started doing the work that you do now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for the, the introduction, number one. Uh, but number two, the only thing I would, I would add to that is I think that people would be happy to know that I write for a few big publications, um, mm-hmm. such as blackandmarriedwithkids.com, that's the, the number one African-American uh, dating, uh, parenting and marriage website in the world. <laughs> um, Paul C. Brunson was a celebrity matchmaker, I write for him as well, I've written for him. Um, publications like Digital Romance, datingadvice.com, datingadvice.com. So it's a pretty big uh, publications that have featured my work and that I've written with So that tells me somebody has some confidence in what I do. Yeah, (laughs) that's fantastic. You know, I'm still in awesome times. um, And how I got into the work, man, it's it's such a long story, but I like to keep it short, right? Cool. So number one thing is I've always been a a good writer. It's always been a gift of mine. I had teachers tell me all the time growing up that I I always had good content when I wrote. And so, um, you know, I used to write poetry. I was kind of the guy who... Um, if a if a friend needed a poem, write for his girlfriend or a letter to his girlfriend, he would kind of ask me to do it. <laughs> so I was <laughs> kind of that guy. Um, so I always was good at writing, and so um, you know, eventually I stopped writing because I got busy kind of being a, a corporate person. Um, and eventually, my mom passed away, which is you know kind of bad. I always took but I turn my pain into my passion. My mom passed away, and something told me to just write about it. And so what I wrote about my first blog ever was called A Mother's Love. Well. After writing, I sent it out to social media, and people were writing me back. Like, I love your writing. I I can relate so much to your story. And so I was like, maybe I have something here. So I just started writing about what came natural, which was relationships and dating. And um, as I did that, the audience just grew organically. People started asking me for advice. And I was like, why are people asking me for advice? I'm just a regular guy. Then I I came to realize I had a certain gift. And so I became a certified life and relationship coach. So I started really investing in learning about relationships and partnerships and, and things like that. And I became a coach. Well, that led to building a platform for the books because the audience said, "Hey, we want a book." And I said, "Okay, I'll give you a book." <laughs> and so um, I wrote, you know, two books. And so when all these other publications started to just kind of come after me, um, wanting me to, you know, start to write for them. And that's what I did. And so that's kind of why I'm here.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah, I think that's great that you were like the guy who wrote poems for guys. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It, was, you know, it wasn't it cool for other people to do it, so I would just do it for them because I enjoyed
0: it. Yeah, that's awesome. That is really cool. And, you know, it's uh, it's interesting that you said, you know, people were saying, I, I, you know, they wanted a book, so you wrote one, which is perfect, right? Because, I mean, that's kind of the, the default, right? People go, oh, why don't you write a book? Obviously, if you're somebody who loves writing, that's like a great question. But for the people like me who would rather talk than write,
1: I'm like, uh, mm-hmm. go ask somebody else. I don't want to write a book. <laughs> hey, But you know what's fun about that though, Ken, is I actually enjoy probably speaking more now than I do writing. Nice. Because, because I just took all of the you know, the content and the things that I was you know, very passionate about, and now I enjoy talking about it. Like I'm having this conversation with you. You know, I'm kind of like you now. I don't enjoy writing the blogs as much as I enjoy talking about it to people.
0: Nice. Nice. Good. You came over to my side. Thank you, Troy.
1: <laughs> yes, sir.
0: <laughs> so let me ask you a question. One of the things that, you know, we, we talk about partnership on this show and, and I've always felt like it, it's helpful to have what I call a guiding principle. Some people look at it as a quote or a mantra or kind of an anchor, but it's, it's something that you come back to. Whenever you feel like, yeah, maybe you kind of got off track regarding your partnership. What do you use for that kind of anchor, and, and how can our listeners apply it in their lives?
1: Man, it's a it's a it's a great question. Um, what, one of the things I like to use, and I also tell a lot of my clients, is it's this idea that you know lust will get you there, but only love will keep you there because love is represented by action, right? So that's kind of that's one of those mantras that I, I live in every kind of partnership I have. Because, you know, it's, it's almost like say you had a relationship with your work. You know, when, when it's the nice shiny new penny and it's lustful and you're real passionate about it, then it's easy to do. The question becomes, what do you do when that when that lustful feeling is gone? Then it becomes about the love part, which is the action part. So it becomes now that's how you get through hard times, That's how you get through good times, how you recreate stuff with uh, friends, with lovers, with anybody. So I always say lust will get you there. But only love will keep you there because love is about action.
0: I like that. That's really great. And I, I mean, I, I think everybody can relate to that, you know, when you think about like in a career because mm-hmm. a lot of times you're like, oh yeah, this is so great. I'm so excited. I got a big paycheck, whatever. And then you realize you don't really love what you do. Mm. And it's hard to yes. keep working because you're kind of checked out. So, I agree. Yeah, you can apply that everywhere. That's, that's a great one. So... One of the things that, that our listeners have 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 demanded, have told us they love about this show is is the stories that our guests are, are so generous in sharing. And I'd love it if we dove into one now, Troy. What, what I'd love to start exploring is, you know, when's a time in your life when, well, you, you kind of tripped up in a partnership? I mean, tell us that story. What, what were you doing? What did you trip on? And then what have you learned from that experience that has helped you move forward?
1: Yeah, one one key story I think is um, I, I can remember when um, my mother was sick. So I remember I told you about the, the mom who passed mm-hmm. away, right? Mm-hmm. Well, she was sick and she had multiple sclerosis, mm-hmm. and um, I was I was I lived about two hours away from where she was sick at, right? Well, and my sister, I have a twin sister, was responsible for you know taking care of her most of the time, and so I, I can remember very vividly uh, one time where I kind of belittled the things that she had to do in order to take care of a, of a grown adult that wasn't functional, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, it was kinda like, well, you know, it's not that hard kinda thing, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And that was, that was one of those trip up moments where I didn't really realize that it really was that hard. And so how, to, how I come to kinda bring that story together is I put myself in her shoes, actually went down and took care of her, and I also let my mom come up. And I realized just how hard it really was. Right. And so I had, I had taken this time and uh you know, and put myself to belittle the things that she had to do I, until I stepped into her shoes and took a trip in her world. I didn't truly understand it. And so it kind of changed my behavior and attitude towards it once I did that. And I think that's very vital for a lot of us. We, we tend to have things one sided in the way we think. Right. And so yeah. We think about it from our perspective and just our perspective. But it's not until you step out of that that you start to realize that you may have to change something about your perspective and and what you do about it. So that was one of the moments I tripped up on. And, um, you know, I I regretted it. But, you know, I I got better because of it.
0: Yeah. And and that's such a great example, because one of the things that that you made me think of when when you were talking there is, you know, sometimes we we dismiss what somebody else is doing because they make it look easy. Mm -hmm. And maybe for them it is. But then if we try and do it, we'll realize, oh, my gosh, am I glad you make that look
1: easy, because that would be terrible if I had to do it. <laughs> hey, I, I liken it to uh, things like uh, Excel spreadsheets. I know some people that make <laughs> that look real easy. But you asked me to do it and I have a fit.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's a good example. And the people that do it and love it, like they want to put everything in a spreadsheet. I'm like mm-hmm. it's, it's a grocery list. I don't need an Excel spreadsheet. No, <laughs> no, no. Right. This will be great. This will be easy, and I can organize it and do it by aisles. And I'm like, what? Well, no, no. Just write it on a note. <laughs> you know? There you
1: go. Just, just text it to me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's a great example. So I want to ask you something, Troy. That's kind of nuanced, but but I've I found it it's it's really revealing for folks when they hear these stories. And and this one is a a, a slight change. And and what I mean by that, Troy, is What's a time when you had what I call a "dumb" moment where, you know, you're cruising along through life and all of a sudden you're like, seriously, like, I can't believe I've been such a knucklehead. And mm-hmm. that wake up moment ended up becoming one of those building blocks for your future partnerships.
1: Oh, man, I probably had a lot of dumb moments, but one that really stands out to me um, was with my wife uh, when she was pregnant with our daughter. Mm-hmm. Right. So my wife and I don't do a lot of bickering, right? Um, but this particular time, we got like the biggest argument ever, and it was all about the fact that I had not put together the, the baby's crib yet, right? And our baby was wasn't gonna be born for another few months, mm-hmm. and I was like, I was sitting there, and we got to this big spat. She used the word. She said, "You always do this," right? Mm-hmm. She she kind of put that 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 defining term in it. And it really hurt my feelings. And so, you know, of course, you you kind of strike back kind of deal. Well, the defining moment for me in that whole story was once I realized how she received love is through acts of service, right? Mm -hmm. Then I realized, wow, all this time I've been worried about, okay, I make sure I provide and protect. And I do all those things. I work really hard to do them. Really what represented love to her was more so about the service part of it. And so all this time, you know, I'm loving her the wrong way and not even realizing it. And so I had that dumb moment like, wow, because she finally told me, after we calmed down and, and kind of talked through it. She let me know that that's what she really values is when I do things like take those loads off her or put together the crib or wash the dishes or whatever it might be. And I'm not saying I'm perfect at it now, so don't get that twisted. <laughs> <laughs> but I understand it more now. Yeah. Right. And now that I understand, I was like, wow, all this time, I'm thinking that it's just traditional. Okay, you know, you man, you're, you protect, you provide, you go to work and you work real hard and, and she'll be happy. When well, I realized that that's not necessarily the case. And so that was my aha kind of duh moment.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's a good one. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because literally what you just described was you didn't understand what represented love for her. Mm-hmm. And you were doing whatever you know that's what everybody told you provide protect do the right things but as a man you're like well the baby's not here yet so we don't need the crib yet it'll be up by the time the baby's here so it'll be done mm-hmm. that's yes. all we need not knowing that it had a different meaning to it that had nothing to do with is it ready for the child
1: exactly yeah <laughs> i had no idea I was yeah. like, oh okay <laughs> so i i want
0: to ask you something troy because obviously your ebook is about a man's journey toward and through marriage if you could share anything with, with the women of the world right now about men, what would you want women to know about men that they probably don't know?
1: Whew. So the overarching answer is we are different, right? So that's the first thing. <laughs> we are. I, I know that that's probably not like the correct thing to say, right? In 2017, um, but we are. We we're, we think differently. We behave differently. We were built differently. And the way we handle situations are totally different, right? And so I I, I would ask women to please seek to understand from his perspective first before condemning him. And I think that's where a lot of men are lost right now. We're like, man, if she would just try to understand it, she might get me, but she she doesn't. (laughs) And so we tend to do this thing where in relationships we want the other person to think like us and to do things like us and to behave like us. So I'm really asking, I ask women all the time. Have you ever asked him why he does that, mm-hmm. right? When they come complain, come to me complaining about something, have you asked him why? Have you asked them, you know, where it comes from? And usually it's some simple answer, Ken, yeah. some simple yeah. answer, <laughs> but she never asked. And so she's frustrated out of her mind, but she just never asked. So um, that's what I would say. We are different and seek to understand and embrace those differences instead of fighting them.
0: Yep. That's good that's that's so valuable you're absolutely right so since i loved your answer there i want to flip the question around so mm-hmm. i know you work a lot you know obviously with relationships you've got a lot of experiences both personally and, and professionally what's the thing that you want um women to know that we don't know about them
1: mm, that we don't that men typically don't know about them huh? exactly Oh man I will say this I think a lot of women they see vulnerability as strength a lot more than we think right and so we think mm-hmm. we have to be hard and tough and 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 on the outside we have to you know seem so strong all the time but what's really sexy to a lot of women is when you can be a little more vulnerable because she finds security in that we don't necessarily see that all the time and so we we put this facade up and You know, we feel like we can't show any kind of weakness, but vulnerability isn't weakness, it's intimacy. And I think we got to be able to understand that sometimes in in order to truly connect with our spouses. And understand that's what women are asking for when they say, hey, I want to know how you feel. Right. And we're fixers as men. Right. So we just (laughs) want to fix stuff. (laughs) And she wants to know how you feel. No, She really wants to know how you feel. And if you tell her, you, you know, you'd be so surprised at how good it makes her feel to know that she is the person that you feel that comfortable with that you can really express uh your emotions with, and I think that's that's a that's a uh, that's a big wedge that is driven between men and women all the time
0: yeah that that's a great one Troy it really is because like you said, you know culturally and 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 we we get those constantly you gotta be the tough guy, you gotta you know be all the time be the strong protector, and it's like but there's i mean men still do have feelings. It's just we keep them in different places than women do. So you think we don't have them. Mm-hmm. And the reality yep. is, well, we do. And when we know that we can express that without being seen as failed in some way, that makes that partnership even stronger.
1: Man, you talk about intimacy, Ken. That's that's intimacy. Yeah. Right?
0: Exactly. I mean,
1: about, you know, intimacy is into me see, right? Mm-hmm. So allowing someone to see you, your flaws and all. I mean, that's how you get to next level love right there.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So, Troy, I mean, we've been talking about some, you know, goof ups that <laughs> have gone on in life. I want to switch gears now. I want to, I want to look at like kind of the payoff. So, what, what would you say is one of your proudest partnership moments? You know, one of those times you you look back on and, and you just can't help but smile and go, "That
1: was cool." Man. Uh- <laughs> a lot of different ones but I will say that first of all the the partnership I value the most is the one with my wife and the reason why is because anything she touches with me is gold so it's Mm. it's just like she sees all the gaps she sees the things that I don't see and she and she supports me through things so in in my business I do a lot of uh I can remember doing my first live event right I was a nervous wreck about it so I do these (laughs) things called conversation parties And, um, you know, I invite people out and it's a big event, you know, about 60, 70 people there, that kind of deal. Well, I was nervous about everything. And I saw her just take control of a lot of the the planning parts of it and the, the little details and the logistics that I didn't think of. She thought three steps ahead of me. And to me, when I saw it, when I saw the event go off in a great way and people loved it and enjoyed it, and I realized how much that partnership contributed to that, it was a beautiful thing and it made me want to do more events because I knew I had a partner in crime there that would help me through it. So that's probably at my first live event. She was, she was it. She was, she was, she was the woman.
0: That is cool. Yeah. And you know, you, you made me think of something because you were talking about her, you know, noticing all these little details and, and being three steps ahead of you. It's one of the things that again is kind of a disconnect between men and women is, As men, we don't notice those things, Mm -hmm. but you ladies notice them like no big deal. Like, of course that's there. And you notice all these little nuanced things. And it reminded me, I was, I was doing some presentations for this organization and they had their kind of checklist of how you prepared for the, you know, the event and the room and everything. And this gal's giving me the guidelines and she's just rattling off all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. can you, can you, do you have a list or something? Can you write that down? So I have a checklist. And she's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So she goes, I'll email it to you. So, three days later, I get this email. I open the attachment. Troy, the list was three pages front and back, single space. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And I said back to her, I'm like, Boy, am I glad I asked for this. I would have had, like, you know, there's 20 chairs in a room. There, I'm Mm -hmm. done. And she's like, Oh, no, you got to change the thermostat and you got to do this and you got to check the lights and you got to. I'm like, Never in my life would have thought all this stuff. And to her, that was just like natural. It was
1: normal, right? Yeah. You
0: just wanted to show up. <laughs> yeah. I was like, um a room for 20 people. Okay. I can put 20 chairs in a room. And she's All like, right. no, 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 That That will feel totally sterile. I'm like, it will? <laughs> Clueless. Yeah. So yeah, huge, huge payoff of partnership, Would you described with your wife, which is so cool that you've got that kind of, you know, internal support system that you, she sees your greatness and she wants to support you in it.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: That is awesome. That is awesome. Well, Troy, we have kind of got to a point in the show where we shift gears again. I call this Bring It All Home, and this is where we're going to step out of the stories a little bit, and I'm going to Mm -hmm. ask you to provide some just simple concrete guidance for the listeners so they can take, if they took nothing else, they take these pieces home and they're golden. So the first one I want to ask you about is, what would you say is the best partnership or relationship advice you have ever received?
1: Mm, man. You know, everybody wants to give you advice, especially when you get married, right? But <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the one of the number one things that I remember someone saying to you very vividly was, "What you invest in is what will grow." And I really didn't understand it then, but now I really understand it now, especially being that I'm you know years into my marriage. Is that in order for your marriage to continuously grow, you have to invest in it. That means you have to you can't just go through the motions of it. You have to read books together. You have to go to conferences together. You have to you know getaways and staycations together. You have to invest in it for to continue to grow. And I think a lot of times when we get married, what happens essentially is we just think that all the work is done. Mm-hmm. Really, that's when it's just starting. So somebody told me that, and it stuck with me. And you know, I follow. I try to follow it as much as I can.
0: Yeah, that's that's a great one. You know, it's funny because I was I was just doing some work on a, a program I'm putting together, and one of the quotes I put in there was, you know, it's, it's commonly said that the water's or the grass is always greener on the other side of the, the fence. Mm-hmm. But the truth is the grass is always greener where you water it.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: And that's <laughs> the difference. It's like going, oh, I'm staying here. Isn't it nice? Like you get married, suddenly single life looks great. When you're single, married life looks great. No, no, no. What are you putting your time and energy in? Like you said, what are you investing in?
1: Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how many times you can fall in love again if you just invest yeah. in it. Mm-hmm. You know, we, people love to use the term, we just grew apart. And I always say, you didn't grow apart. You just didn't do what it took to stay close, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's the difference. And, you know, I think we use that as a convenient excuse a lot of times to walk out of situations not understanding that we really didn't do the work. You got to do the work.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> I've heard that statement so many times, well, we grew apart. And it just hit me right now that that's not growing at all. It's, it's not. The opposite. You stagnated apart.
1: Yep, The That's growing
0: it. part is when, like you said, you keep falling in love with that person over and over again because of one thing or another thing, big things, little things, whatever it is.
1: You're so right. Yeah. You're so right.
0: That is so cool. So I know you're an author. hmm And I'm going to ask you, what book or resource other than your own would mm-hmm. you recommend to listeners regarding partnership and relationships?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you would obviously... Um you know, people want to say their own book. But one of the books that changed my life and it's a popular book is the Pop Love Language. I mean oh, it really yeah. it changed my changed how I thought about emotional needs and, and needs in a relationship. Um, the second book is um there was a book before I got married called Don't You Dare Get Married Until You Read This. And I love that resource because it makes people think about all the things they don't think about before they get married. And even when you are married, you should probably still read it because People don't, you know, they don't think about the the things that that are three or four steps ahead. They just think about the feeling at the moment. So that's another resource I would would say is good.
0: That's fantastic. I I hadn't heard of that book before. I love that book. Mm -hmm. That's great. I want to leave our our listeners with with an example of, again, like I was calling the payoff of partnership. And you gave us a great example of that first speaking event you had. Mm -hmm. What's something else that you're very aware of? just would not have happened on your own it it required partnership whether it was you know work or or family life or or relationship what's one of those things
1: i will go back to an example with my wife again right and here's a a good example so when i started blogging i I, like i said earlier in in the interview i was always great at content but my weakness was always grammar right and so Grammar was one of those things that can make people either really respect your writing or really not, yeah, so and so I noticed you know when I first started out, I just had like this black background with white words on it, and I was just writing from like writing how I spoke right, and it was good because it was entertaining, but I knew that in order to go to the next level, I had to be professionally writing a little bit more, and so my wife stepped right in, and do you know from that moment on, my wife edits. All of my blogs, mm. every single one of them, and that's when I started getting picked up by these other publications. Interesting, you know, like Jet, Jet magazines and Black and Married Kids, and um, you know, uh, Digital Romance. I, I noticed a shift because I think the writing looked more polished, right, and it was more simple to read. And the payoff—I'll tell you—one of the biggest payoff was a couple of payoffs. Number one. One of the biggest payoffs was getting freaked up by those publications, right? Mm-hmm. But secondly, we became a lot closer because now she got into my inner thoughts about relationships. Yeah. Right? So everything I was writing, a lot of it was just about my life and how I felt at the moment or how the situation I went through in my marriage, or I went through when I was dating or whatever it is. So she became closer to me by understanding a lot of the things that I might have never said, they were on the paper. Mm-hmm. So she started to understand me at a higher level. So two really big payoffs came from that partnership.
0: Yeah, that's that's really great. That is really great. Thanks for sharing that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, Troy, I I hate to say it, but we're we're running out of time. And I I mean, clearly there's a lot more here. <laughs> we just barely got going. Yes. Can you let our listeners know how they can contact you and learn more about your work?
1: Absolutely. The best way. Is to go to www.exclusivethoughts.com. When I say exclusive, that's X K L U S I V E thoughts.com. If you go there, then you can find me on any social media platform. So you know, on Instagram, I'm at exclusive five. That's X K L U S I V the number five. And on Facebook, I'm exclusive thoughts. I have a YouTube channel, all that stuff. But if you go to exclusivethoughts.com, that's where you can find me and my book.
0: Fantastic, fantastic, and. If anybody's like, how did he spell that? Don't worry. <laughs> I'm going to put it on our show page. So all you got to do is click on a button. You don't have to spell it at all. It'll be really easy to get a hold of Troy, which is perfect. Yes. So I got to tell you, this, this has been great. I, I was really looking forward to this interview. I've loved your stories. Your insights have been absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Troy.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.